Hi Alice, welcome to the Hi Alice podcast. Uh, I'm going to be cooking again today. Just moving the laptop there. That probably made an unpleasant sound. Um, yeah, I'm making uh, curry again. I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, go through it all because <laughs> you've already uh, you've already had you've already had me uh, doing that. But yeah, it's a good time for recording the podcast. The time today is 9.27 when I start recording this and it's Saturday the 15th of July. So I'm now 13 days away from braces coming off. So that'll be good. Especially if that actually happens. So, yeah, good news. I had bad news this week. I think I've told you about how I was using these rented electric bikes. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the company that ran them, Co-Bikes slash Co-Cars, because they did... They did rented electric electric cars as well. This knife needs sharpening, I would say. Will I do it now? I could do it now, I guess. I'm mm, probably not going to, to be honest. I'll probably do it next time. Um, yeah, the company that makes these bikes, they went into administration. And they said, uh, post-pandemic, Obviously, COVID hit the business hard, but post-pandemic, I think, I think they said travel habits had changed, and they weren't getting enough business. Uh, act, I don't mean business just in general, but like business travel. So, um, I'm presuming they mean people commuting, but then probably also people renting the cars to go to some conference in Slough or something um, and uh, with more people working from home I suppose that that puts a bit of a thing on that they were they because they were it was a non-pro because I always thought oh, I don't really understand how they're making a profit off this because I would the, they recently put the price up a little bit but it to 12 pounds it was originally 10 pounds and that got you 200 minutes which would take me quite a long time to get through because I would essentially use it to bike into the city and the bike ride from where the bikes were kept, where the bikes were kept was a 10 minute walk. And then it would take me eight minutes roughly to cycle into the city with the electric assisted bike. Um, and then, yeah, I'd do my bidding in the city and uh, and uh, then, uh, yeah, cycle back. And uh, it's eight minutes back, so 16. So, yeah, you do the maths of how uh, of how long a tenner could get me. A tenner could get me a lot further than the amount of bus tickets to do the same journey or to pay to park in the city. So I was really happy with that, with that arrangement. But, yeah, I found out they're a not-for-profit company when I was reading about their demise. And uh, they had had some subsidies from, like, Devon County Council. 
And uh, but yeah, they tried to secure more funding, and apparently just weren't able to get it. So I was like, oh. so they're taking the bikes away, and I'm really sad about it. Um, I I haven't been even been using them that long, but now I sort of can't imagine not having them. But now that is a an imagining I have to imagine. It was really good for my well-being, I think, because it was just like an extra option of travel and to like, yeah, like I say, I don't know, I quite like to just like pop into the city to get, I don't know, some nice bread or something like that, you know. I don't really want to drive into the city to do something like that. I don't like, like I get really fed up of driving um, from commuting. Oh, just chopping onions out of my eyes. Um... I'm not crying about the bikes. I'm crying because the onions released a protective vapour that's attacking me eyes. It's not because I'm crying about the car bikes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, and it felt really nice and sometimes I can be somebody who stays in the house too much. So it's good to get out on the weekend. It's good to have a little bit of a, I like to have a little mission, a little purpose. And uh, biking into the city was really nice for me. And uh, yeah, walking into the city like I did it yesterday. So for the first time, I planned, I needed to go to m &S to get, oh, I'm just going to, oh, wash my hands, get a bit of the onion off. Got my eyes tight shut. I need to get a tissue to wipe them so I can remove the vapor that's attacking them. Oh, that's unpleasant. Um, I'm gonna go and do that thing I did last time as well. I'm gonna go and blow my nose in the other room so you don't have to hear a big horrible nose blow sound. Excellent news about your cat. I'll finish talking about the bikes and then we'll come back to that. But uh, yeah, no, I just felt it, it was obviously, it was really good. I just felt it was really good for my well-being. Um, I hadn't really cycled properly in years. And uh, I used to really love cycling when I was younger. When I, when I like got a bike, um, like a sort of like it would have been like my second bike as a as a sort of teenager, or maybe even like pre, just before probably oh it must have been no it would have been before being a teenager because I had it when I lived um, in Cattengrove Road and I was still in like middle school because I would cycle to Waterloo Park. Don't know if you ever went to Waterloo Park. But it was only, it was like, not very far from where I grew up. So I was there a hell of a lot in my life. Um, oh, if I ever go back to Norwich, I will have to go for a little walk around Waterloo Park and uh, feel sad and nostalgic. Um, 
Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, cycling. It was like the first taste of, um, sort of independence and being able to propel myself <laughs> via a bike to different locations it was just like gave me such a sense of freedom that I guess a lot of kids feel. I don't know if you had a similar experience with riding a bike at any point. But yeah, and this just sort of gave me that that feeling back. And um, as I, I don't, I think I mentioned it before when I was talking about them. But yeah, I basically, I don't really feel too safe cycling on roads because I don't really feel too safe driving on roads with how bad most of the drivers are. And most drivers are not considerate to cyclists at all, and they think it's worth doing a dangerous manoeuvre to overtake them to gain back four seconds on their, not even their journey time, on their time before they arrive at the next red light. Um, so yeah, but I could cycle along like the flood defence little thing that we've got here. And so I'd barely really have to go on roads to get into the city. And so I just sort of cycled along this really nice sort of man-made river thing that's got quack ducks on it. And it's got a family of grebes, swans, and city pigeons, which I like. So I can have a look at all those fellas. And uh, yeah, get into the city in no time. It's just really nice. So yeah, yesterday I, um, I was planning on getting a bike after work on Friday because I wanted to go to M&S to get some paneer for this very curry because Morrison's no longer sells paneer my local one anyway doesn't so I have to go to M&S to get it and I wanted to get some bread because when I went to Morrison's they only had they don't do I started I got this bread I can't remember what the make was I think it might be Warburton's but it was like slightly posher came in a paper bag and it was a bit nicer because I can't really be doing with just Hovis anymore. The quality is so bad. I'm just going to go and do another nose clear. Yeah, the quality is just so... The bread just feels so flimsy and it just feels so... I'm sure it's not. It's probably not very good for you, full of preservatives and whatever else. Um, so yeah, I wanted to get some bread, and I wanted to get. I'm making macaroni cheese this week, and when I buy macaroni from Morrison's, it's just really bad. It all it all sticks together, like. I mean, macaroni's going to stick together a little bit. But this, the Morrison's one, just seems to stick together to an absurd degree. And doesn't, isn't very, it's quite, seems like chewy, even when you cook it for a decent amount of time. So I go to M&S to get their macaroni. And so I need macaroni as well, so. 
So I had that planned out, and again, that's like this thing where if you're just getting those bikes in, it's like, oh, that's an easy, nice, convenient little thing to do. It'll probably take me all of, probably less than 50 minutes all told, because it's like 10 minute walk to the station, eight minute bike ride, so that's 36 minute travel. Probably takes me about, yeah, probably even less than 10 minutes in MS itself, so yeah. So yesterday I had to walk. I don't have to, I could have driven in, but again, I don't, don't want to do that. Um, and I don't want to pay something stupid like £3 for parking for half an hour or something. Um, so, yeah, so I walked in and the walk takes from my house to MS, I'd say it's roughly about half an hour. Then I walk around MS and then it's like half an hour walk home. So, I mean, the walk in isn't too bad, but by the time I've walked in, I'm then pretty much sort of, you know, not really got a lot of energy. And then you've got to walk back. By the time you get back, you just, it's a bit, I'm a bit tired out after, you know, roughly an hour. Well, just over an hour, because you've got the walking around MS, you know, of being on your feet and walking, and it's, yeah, it's just nowhere near as pleasant. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I just had different plans in my head. I uh, I booked a half day off work next week. Ah, my eyes! Bloody stings! Um, yeah, I booked a half day off next Friday to go and see the Barbie film in the afternoon before it gets really super busy. Uh, not because I'm necessarily a huge Barbie fan, but because I'm a huge Greg Gerwig fan who uh, directs it. Oh, I've broken my rule there. I didn't go in the other room. I hope that wasn't a horrible noise. Um, oh, my eyes. Oh, dear. I hope the postman doesn't come and see me crying. I was alright for a while. I could smile for a while. And then you held me tight You didn't know that I've been crying Over you Crying Over you Um, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, yeah Walking in took too long Basically it leaves me tired, oh yeah Go and see that bike fit. I know I had it in my head. Oh yeah, I'll finish work. I'll uh, get myself a nice bike. Bike into the cinema. And then a nice bike home. Go and see the new Barbie film. You know when you've just got little plans in your head like that? And I don't know. I think I'm a little bit... I try to work on my rigidity. But sometimes if I've got like something in my head and then it doesn't happen it distresses me a bit, but, you know, that's not, nothing I can't handle, <laughs> but, well, you know, it's not the first disappointment in my life, but, nor will it be the last. But, yeah, I had, uh, Exeter does this nice Christmas market, where there's loads of food stalls, and, uh, I was looking forward to it this year, and I was thinking, because I'm going to have my braces off for a start, so I'm going to be able to eat stuff at the market, which is going to be really good. But yeah, I was thinking, oh yeah, I can get the bike in and then I can just leisurely 
you know, it's about like once you're in the city, then because you haven't used up loads of energy by walking in, you can be like, oh, I'll go down and check out that guitar shop or I'll go to the library or I'll go here or I'll go there. Whereas when you walk in and then you've done whatever you were sort of intending to do, you're just sort of like, oh God, a bit tired out now. Yeah, but there you are. I'll just have to uh, adjust to the loss. Life is just one big adjustment to loss. Vapors must be attacking my sinuses as well, I think. And onions are cooking. But yeah, anyway, though, I mean, yeah, not really too much else to say other than I'm sad that the bikes are gone. And so, there you go. Bad news in my life this week. Not a lot I can do about it. It is out of my control. I don't want to focus on the things that are out of my control. And you might be thinking, oh, well, just get a bike. But um, like part of the whole thing was that when I could just rent one, I didn't have to worry about, I didn't have any responsibilities of owning a bike then. You know, if the chain comes off or I get a flat tire, oh, I've got to repair it. I've got nowhere really to keep a bike. The house is pretty small. Kind of keep it outside, but then it's like exposed to the elements. And it's like, oh, we'll buy a cover. Okay, well, now I've spent more money buying that on top of however much money I've just spent on a bike. You know, oh, then they get nicked really easily. You know, whereas when you just rent one, you don't have to worry about any of that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm not that... Exeter is very hilly, and so having the electric-assisted bike, you could just get up the hills, and that was easy enough. But with, um... Yeah, with an... I, I don't even... <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what it would be like to ride a normal bike. Because sometimes the electrics would run out on these bikes, and they were then actually really hard to ride because they were really heavy. Um, so I don't really know what the experience would be like of riding a normal bike. I haven't done it for so long, like around the hills of Exeter and around my level of uh, insurance. But um, yeah, and it's just this thing of, yeah, then I've just got this big cumbersome thing in my house and yeah. Don't really want it. Yeah, so uh, an electric bikes are ridiculously expensive still at the moment. They're like over a grand, whatever. So I would get one if I could. Um, if my work's a bit too far to commute by electric bike, it would be like, I don't know. Yeah, it would just be far and there'd be no way to avoid like really busy roads. Um, plus, I don't even know how much how much would it cost you to charge up an electric bike in electricity it might be loads you know i don't know or it might not be very much at all but again it's like over a grand i think or to, you know roughly about a grand for an electric bike and uh i don't know anything about them so i'd have to do loads of research and it's just like oh you know and then you've got this thing that costs that amount of money that's like easy to steal so it's like you know, and you could get insurance, and then it's like, okay, now I'm paying that for insurance as well. So it's all just a bit like, uh, you know, it's not quite worth it to, for what I want to do. 
to be worried about all of that stuff. So there you have it. But the good news is, is you have a little cat called Edmund. What a nice name. And what a lovely little cat. I'm so pleased that you've got a nice little cat. I think they're so good for the well-being. Um, there's uh, environmental arguments against Matt's cat and dog ownership. Um, but, I don't know. Uh, we're pretty buggered anyway in that regard, aren't we? So I think we can all stand to have a little bit of nice well-being from owning a owning a nice pet cat. I think they are so nice for your well-being. I don't know if you're like more of a if you've ever had a dog or if you would be like less or just as um, happy or inclined to have a dog. But personally. And we, only, we had a dog when I was really young, and he died when I was about, I don't know, he died when I was around five or six, so it wasn't really that, you know, I can remember being sort of sad a bit when he died, but I wasn't really like, like everyone else in the family was like really sad about it, and I was just sort of like, oh. Um, but yeah, with my cats, like I said, I think, I mean, I don't, th I think I might have been a little bit older than Mars when I first got my cats, but not too much. And yeah, sort of one was my brother's and one was mine. Um, and so I had like a more of a relationship with the cat that was mine. But I mean, I did also have a relationship with my brother's cat as well, but it was just sort of a bit less so. But yeah, my cat, Maya, you know, oh, I've forgotten to de-seed this chilli and then I'll cut it up. Mm. Let's get some of these chilli seeds out because otherwise it's going to be really hot. And I'm not really the man I think they think I am out there. Oh no. I'm a mild, medium curry man. Um, don't know the rest of the words to parody it, so let's stop there. But yeah, like, I mean, Maya died, I can't even remember now, it's got to be like eight, seven, eight years ago, and I still really miss her, <laughs> like, and yeah, it's just so lovely to have a cat, and like, if it's got like a lovely nature, some cats are a bit standoffish or whatever. But yeah, I don't know if I've ever... <laughs> it's funny with, with cats as well because they're not like like human beings and human relationships are obviously fraught and problematic in different ways. And a relationship with a cat or a dog is just like, doesn't have those things. And so, yeah, in a way it's like never like loved anything or anyone as much as I loved Maya and in that way, you know. And uh yeah. So 
which is just to say I feel really uh, happy by proxy that Mars will be growing up with a little cat. I think that's really lovely and then obviously it'll be nice for you as well. So yeah, excellent news there. Let's put this chilli in, let's hope I've got an out most of the seed, but it'll probably still be a little bit more of a spicy meatball than I intended. Have I sold those onions already? I don't know. Let's put more in anyway, and then if it's really overly salty, then I'll know that there isn't a god. I heard this uh, quantum physicist talk about how it's possible that this world is like a hologram of some far bigger universe or something like that. And I thought, I don't know what you mean, pal. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, stuff like that, like it can be interesting. But at the same time, sometimes I'm just like, well, what difference does that make to me? Still gotta go to work tomorrow, haven't I? <laughs> And you know, like, uh, when people get sort of really into uh, a conversation about whether or not we live in a simulation or that sort of thing? Well, I'm just like, who cares? What difference does that make to me? Like, if you could work it out and then it's like the Matrix and it's like, oh, then you come out of the simulation or whatever, you know, that's something different. But if it's just like, what, you know, what... If it feels real to me... Then what's the difference between if it was a simulation and it wasn't? I don't, I don't know. I just maybe I'm too. Uh, maybe when you get older and you're worried about bills, or if you'll ever own a house or your career. Yeah, <laughs> that was a sneeze. Um, yeah, maybe you've got less time for that sort of thinking. I don't know. Maybe it's more. Um, yeah, maybe it's more stoned teenager thinking, although I didn't get stoned when I was a teenager, unfortunately. Um, don't drop the cumin. Don't drop the cumin. Um, how much turmeric is that? Not enough. Laugh to the boy. What's going on with this turmeric? Do you think you can avoid being used? Oy. So like, okay, well, what lovely difference does it make? Can't be bothered to waste time thinking about this. <laughs> Not that anyone's uh, trying to force me to think about that, you understand. Just, uh, yeah. 
Where is the ginger? My old foe. That's me tapping ginger out, not having too nice of a time cooking. Um, oh dear, oh dear. Mix up those spices, let them fry for a little while. Oh, oh, I remembered one of the questions you asked me on Instagram from the messages that I couldn't access. Just getting out some frozen vegetables from my curry. Cauliflower and sweet potato. Um, yeah, one of the things you, you said about, I said about how because I've got Spotify now, I listen to more modern artists, and you said you'd be interested to know what a festival lineup. Because I said I recognised more of the people and the sort of thing, um, and yeah, what artists I'd be interested in seeing in a festival. Which is interesting because, yeah, I don't think there would be such a festival where the sort of disparate different people that I like would all be on the bill. But I quite often see festivals where there's three or four people that I either you know, quite like, or maybe I listen to a few of their albums or something like that. Um, but it's, it's funny because there's, there's, there's quite a few artists where I quite like them, but they're like massively, they're, yeah, maybe they're like massively popular. And so I'm just like, Eh, you know, leave, leave, I'll, I'll leave you lot to it then, because you obviously, like, for instance, um, Boy Genius, the band that uh, Phoebe Bridges is in with um, Lucy Dacus, and I like her as well, you know, to a, to a somewhat degree. And I like Phoebe Bridges reasonably enough, but not like, and so, yeah, if Phoebe Bridges was playing at the Exeter Phoenix, <laughs> Which is the equivalent of um, the Norwich Arts Centre, then I'd be more than happy to go and see her, and even I'd probably go. I'd probably go as far as to say that maybe I would travel to Bristol to see her in a slightly bigger venue. Um, but I mean, that would be like that would may, might be support dependent. Maybe if there was like a support act that I wanted to see as well. Um, but yeah. What's going on with this curry paste? Let me work out what's going on. Okay, yeah, there's enough for another curry in there. I'll leave that amount. Um, but yeah, yeah, but she's so massively popular that I'm just like, and that burn boy, and, and and people are just scrambling for the tickets, you know, and they're in these really big venues. Well, I don't know. I don't. I just don't really like gigs at big venues. Um, and so yeah, I just kind of think. I don't know, leave them to it. Like they love, some people it's their entire identity to like Phoebe Bridges or whatever. Whereas I'm just like, I think she's quite good, but also in some ways not that great. But, you know. Um, so yeah, there's people like that that I'd see. Um, I kind of have to go through my last FM 
slash Spotify. But there are definitely, there's definitely modern people. I think it's, it's interesting because a lot of music is uh, like context dependent. And so like, for instance, I don't really like dance music, but that's because the way I listen to music and consume music is to sort of sit on my own and listen to it. It's not, I don't really, you know, so I'm not gonna like dance music because the context of that is to go out and dance to it or, you know, so there's gonna be certain musics that I don't, that I'm not particularly interested in because of that. And uh, cause I remember listening to the Arctic Monkeys first album and it seemed like this is an album for people who like to go out and go to the pub in 2008 or something, whenever that album came out. And so I just thought, when I listened to it, I was just like, yeah, this, is not, this isn't a, an album for an introverted person to sit and listen to. And not that that means that all the music I listen to is just like sad and slow or whatever. You know, some of it is, but quite a lot of it is, I guess. But, um, you know, I've, I quite like, I've, I've been getting a bit more into, like I've been trying out some more of the like what you'd call like classic rock that I've kind of just ignored a lot of the time. Um, like I've listened to Black Sabbath's first three albums now. I've only listened to the third one once, but I've listened to the first two quite a lot and I really like them. And that wouldn't have been a band that I would have particularly really had too much time for in the past. Not that there'll be any any festivals lately, but yeah, and some like punk, because I think punk again is quite context dependent. And uh, I don't know, punk's a funny one for me in terms of that uh, being context dependent, because it's, it's funny to me that people still dress like uh, a 1970s punk when, you know, I don't want to go into a whole thing about punk. It's not as if I... I'm not the police of punk. I don't really care about it that much at all. But, um, what was that? Sweet potato package falling down on its own, making a noise. But yeah, it's just kind of funny to me that it's like, here's this aesthetic that comes out that's just, the whole point of it is that it's totally just mental or whatever. I don't know, not mental, but you know what I'm saying. And then to just like copy it 60 years later, it's not. 50 years later, whatever. Seems a bit silly to me, but there you go. And just the fact that punk, like the point of punk was, oh, we don't have much skill, but we want to express something and we're gonna cut out the gatekeeper of talent. Not no, not necessarily talent, but like the work that you'd put in to become a competent musician and therefore, um, and therefore the rules of music, because if you learn all the music, then you're like, oh, okay, well, these chords go together like this and blah, blah, blah. Whereas punk was like, no, like the expression is what is more important. And we're like young and we want to express something and we haven't got time to become expert at instruments first. And then there's, and that brings, you know, some, an energy that isn't there in, in other music. But that, so therefore that, that's just like what comes out. Like if you're, 
if you're like influenced by rock and roll and it's like oh well, well these are the three chords we can play and this is what the drummer can do and this is all the bass player can do he can just basically pick the root note of the chord and then you get that certain sound so for them again for 50 years later to try and still be replicating that it just seems a bit odd like to me it would be like punk would be like a continuation or like you know continued subversion which i'm sure there are plenty of um stuff that does that that i'm just not aware of so yeah i'm only talking I'm, I'm talking about this stuff as a very non-expert but which but but yeah there are some there is some punk i like there's this band there's this australian band i quite like called a i think is it amel amel and the sniffers um and yeah i've been getting quite into um just because i get bored of like male fronted rock um I've been getting, I, 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 t I try and listen to a lot of um, like female fronted punk and rock. So, so yeah, she, they've got a, a female front person. Um, and yeah, you know, like, I guess what would be called like Riot Girl or however that, I don't know if you, sp you spell the word G-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-
put me on a pedestal and I'll only disappoint you and um, give me all your money and I'll make some origami honey. I thought oh, those are cool lyrics. So then I listened to her album and then, uh, so I got the ticket to see her, but the gig was like not very far away when I bought the ticket. And it was like on a Sunday night and I just literally just forgot um, <laughs> about it. And uh, I can't remember why, but yeah, I just forgot about it. And then it was like, oh shit, I didn't go to that bloody concert. So I could have seen her there at the waterfront, you know, at a smallish venue before she got really big. And uh, now, uh, yeah, I've missed that opportunity, so that's a bit annoying. But I'm trying to think, who else? Who else would I like to see at a festival? There's just like loads of people who, you know, I'm aware of them and maybe I've listened to them once or twice or something like that. But it's not like I'm like an absolute huge fan. And there's just like, I mean, when you like, you know, when you're talking about I don't know, music, like, I mean, let's just say, like, Phoebe Bridges adjacent, or, like, I don't know, Angel Olsen, Sharon Van Etten. Um, yeah, I don't even know. It's hard to come up with them off the top of my head, but... Yeah, there's people I would see. Maybe one day a perfect festival will emerge, but I don't necessarily see it happening. I've only got a little bit of cauliflower left, so I might as well just use it all. Even though it's probably a bit too much cauliflower if I use all this, but I prefer to do that. It has little, like, like, the other day, I don't know, I just don't like leaving, like, a little bit. Like, sometimes you like, oh, I don't want a whole tin of beans, so I'll leave, like, one quarter of this tin of beans in the fridge, and it's like, okay, when are they going to get eaten? Uh, there you go. <laughs> I prefer just to use things up. Faced with such a scenario. Oh, one person I've gotten into. Oh, I'd really like to see Fiona Apple live, um, but she doesn't really tour, so that's a bit of a, a bit of a no goer. Um, oh, I'd really like to see this country singer. She's sort of country slash psychedelic rock called Margot Price. Um, she's playing one gig in the UK on her current tour in London and it's sold out really quickly, so I won't be able to see her, but I'd really like to see her. Recently, um, an artist I've gotten really into this year, well, no, last year as well, actually, this artist called Jeffrey Lewis, who's kind of, um, he got tagged with that, like, anti-folk thing. I don't know if you remember ever hearing about that in the sort of mid-2000s. This anti-folk tag that didn't really mean anything, but... He's basically, he's highly influenced by this guy that I really like called Daniel Johnston, who, uh... Yeah, he's this artist that I really like. Uh, they made a documentary about him called The Devil and Daniel Johnston, which I recommend watching. I think you find it interesting even if you wouldn't necessarily enjoy the music but it's like an ethos of kind of um diy home recording not worried about the sound quality as much and just like really really sincere in expression and vulnerability and it's like i'd say daniel johnson is like a huge
huge influence on me even making music at all. Um, because like, you know, you could say like Bob Dylan or whatever, but Bob Dylan to me is like, if anything, like puts you off <laughs> trying to make your own. You know, some when sometimes people are really great, it's like, well, what's the fucking point of me trying this or whatever? Whereas, I don't know, Daniel Johnson made it seem a bit more accessible. And Jeffrey Lewis is kind of, yeah, like influenced by Daniel Johnson as well. And it's this, yeah, he's got a different style, but I really like him. Really like clever songwriter. Um, yeah, so I'm going to see him in September in Exeter. So I don't even have to travel. So that's really great. And uh, yeah. I was thinking, oh, I wonder if he'll tour the UK, and then he announced... I'd only just started following him on, on Instagram, actually, because I never think to follow people. I don't really follow that many people. I've only just think thought to follow Natasha Leone as well, after I was saying about how much I adore her. Um, what am I saying now? Yeah, oh, and then, so, and then he posted about his UK tour and I was looking at each one and seeing how far away it was. And then the one that my eye came to was Bath. And I was like, okay, Bath, that's not too far away. I could probably swing that. And then as I was working out travel arrangements to Bath in my head, I saw the next one down was Exeter. Exeter Phoenix, I couldn't believe me look. Oi. So yeah, I'll be going to see him. I think the first song I heard of his that I'm aware of that made me want to go and listen to more was this song called What I Love Most in England is the Food, which defends uh, British cuisine against the harsh attacks it often faces. So I appreciated that song. And then, yeah, I listened to more. But there you are. Um, yeah, I don't know what other... There probably are other ones that I would see. My phone is on charge, or I'd go and look at my... I'd go and look at my last FM to confirm, but... I'm sure you found that very interesting anyway, me just listing artist names. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a right laugh. But, um, yeah, the podcast has got... is probably pretty long at this point. Um, so, I think I'll let you go there, Alice. And, uh, yeah, I'll finish off the curry and then uh, I'll release this to you next week. But, yeah, I hope everything is okay and I hope you're enjoying being with Edmund and he's settling in all right. Um, lovely stuff. And, uh, you know, take care of yourself first and foremost um, because the greatest thing you can do as a parent is to model healthy behaviour as an adult uh, rather than give in to the instinct to all the time put the ch a child first although that doesn't really apply to really young kids like Mars is so probably ignore that uh, <laughs> but I've just read a lot about parenting while reading about well-being and compassion and whatnot. And that is apparently, from what I can gather, that seems to be a big deal, which is to be the adult you'd like your child to be, rather than trying to just 
look after them all the time anyway. I have no idea whether you do that or not. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, that, there, there's some uh, 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 <laughs> parenting advice from someone who doesn't have any kids, which I, I know because I just know that parents fucking love it. They can't get enough of advice from people who don't have any kids. So, I wish I just left that at take care. Um, <laughs> anyway, I will speak to you at a later date, and I won't edit that out because I'm a flawed person, and and uh, and I know that you're not a judgmental person, and that you will accept um, that I'm a flawed person, and that we're not always perfect. <laughs> I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Much love. Goodbye.